The world is like a ride at an amusement park. And when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. I can tell you from experience, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Don't think. Feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Nicholas Gregoratti Show. I am your host, Nicholas Gregoratis. We're in the heart of summer now. I'm really enjoying it, even though it's super hot here in Los Angeles. Heading to Hawaii tomorrow to host a men's retreat that I'm very excited about. And uh, yeah, things are good. I'm, I'm enjoying the podcast as well and really excited to bring you guys this guest. It was one of uh, the conversations I enjoyed most in the last several months. And there was a lot in there. It was... I know you guys are going to love it. Before we get into it, I just want to invite you guys to join my Heroic Entrepreneur Facebook group. It's free to join. And in it, I share a lot of the tips and insights as to how I escaped the rat race in my uh, late 20s. I um, managed to live outside the system, made a passive income online, doing something that I really loved, traveled the world, just lived a, a pretty extraordinary life. And, you know, I've run several businesses over the years and uh, I've learned quite a lot doing that. And I'm now sharing what I learned in this Heroic Entrepreneur Facebook group. There's already, I think, close to 350 members at the time this, this will go live and most people in there are getting a lot out of it. So if you want to discover how to free yourself from the rat race and live a or create a heart-centered business and live a more conscious heart-centered life please go and check that out you can find it at facebook.com forward slash heroic entrepreneur or just search heroic entrepreneur when you're on facebook and you'll find it guys let's enjoy this chat with kashi azad hey brothers i'm here with kashi azad who or dr kashi azad who's a, a doctor of chiropractic and a teacher of Pahlavani, which is, or the Pahlavani Arch, which is a Persian yoga. And I'm so happy to have you here, my man. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to have this conversation with you. Yeah. So uh, just a little bit of background on you. You are, um, you're living in Australia, but you're an, Iran uh, an Iranian who grew up in Sweden. So I went Iran, Sweden, Australia. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you, you've seen, I mean, that must have, uh, you, you must have quite a broad perspective on things if you've lived in three different countries like that. I mean, I've been very fortunate, you know, especially having the rich heritage of the Persian culture and the uh, Iranian culture, you know, and growing up in two different Western con countries and uh, having the opportunity to, uh, you know, uh, experience uh, and grow up in uh, progressive Sweden and like beautiful Australia. So I'm very blessed. That's cool. Yeah, I just... I mean, those countries, all three of them are so different from each other. So I, I think it's so good. It's so cool to talk to people who have, uh, you know, their minds have been, been made flexible because they've experienced such diverse cultures. It's really cool. I'm, I'm very happy to speak to someone like that. Uh, so why I got interested in, in your work, Kashi, is, you know, I've worked out my whole life, literally from, I think when I was 12 when I started 
lifting weights and, you know, doing sit-ups and just, you know, beating my body into shape. And I've always been looking for more intelligent ways to exercise because I realized after not too long that there was a, there was an, an inherent limitation in the, the bodybuilding paradigm that we were all given, right? Which is you do X number of sets and reps and you do these very linear movements. Um, and so I then started to do yoga when I became kind of muscle bound from lifting weights too much. And I felt that my body was too tight. But after doing yoga for a while and neglecting the weights, I found I started to lack strength. And, you know, I started playing around with certain things like, like um, uh, kettlebells and to a lesser extent, clubs, not, not like the clubs you have in the background, they're the meals, but uh, just regular iron clubs or, or like maces. And I felt that those, that tool, the clubs was, it was just a more intelligent, a more intelligent way of, of working out of, of biomechanical um, of movement. Right. And you put a little post on your Instagram, which blew my mind the other day. It was a little video comparing linear exercise with circular exercise. And in the one, the guy was doing like a, a barbell row, right. Or T-bar, a T-bar row. And in the other one, he was doing uh, this big cast with the, with the meal, I think it was with, with the meal. And you could just see the difference in the range of motion that the shoulder joint was being taken through with the second one, as opposed to the first one. And it's a very long, long roundabout way I'm getting to this, uh, this point I'm trying to make, but I think there's something to what you're doing. I think there's, you know, everyone's obsessed now with functional training, but I don't think most people, even those who think they're doing functional training actually know what that really means. Yeah, okay. Uh, you mentioned like a couple of really interesting key words there. And uh, if I uh, may just like uh, backtrack a little bit, um, I share a very similar uh, background like yourself. I've been always uh, into sports and I uh, was a competitive martial artist and started very early with um, my training and um, seeking like intelligent way of training and uh, to en enhance my strength and skills, you know. Uh, similar to you, until I found uh, Pahlavoni or what I refer to as uh, Persian yoga, you know, and um, you're right, you know, um, it often beco it becomes like in the Western paradigm, and I use these terms just to, as a byway of contrast and trying to make a point here, not, not a judgment value, uh, in, in that uh, you know, in the Western approach, it is very linear, it's very sequential, and you got to kind of like um, group things together to be able to get a good all-rounded um, uh, strength and skill and mobility, flexibility, stamina, and all those um, physical skills being able to like um, develop them, you know. Uh, as you said yourself, you went from strength training to yoga, and then you feel that one, either one is like lacking. When I found uh, Persian yoga, I found that that really very intelligently and beautifully bridges the gap between uh, strength and mobility, flexibility and uh, stamina, you know. Uh, so I really uh, found the thing for me. And that was in 2007. I really didn't look back since then. I've been like further developing myself in this. And you said, you know, uh, it's kind of uh, new, but it's very ancient, you know, and it's very ancient and it's registered and recognized as the world's oldest living uh, martial arts strength conditioning system or art of strength that exists on the planet today, you know, and that's like very significant because uh, if it doesn't produce results and it's not effective, 
it, it won't it wouldn't exist you know what i'm saying like it mm-hmm. it exists because it is significant and it does add value so it's a very rich kind of like um, uh, culture and very, very uh, to use a very uh, misused term, very functional and very holistic, you know. And then you talked about like, uh, you know, functionality and what's functionality, what's like uh, functional training. And that word gets also like thrown around a lot. And I see people um, and you mentioned Instagram and I'm quite active there to try to promote this. Uh, but I see like a lot of people doing really weird things, to be honest, and I'm calling it like uh, functional training, you know, you got to really think about oh, what is the function, uh, wh- wh- what is that function, right? Mm-hmm. What is that function? For us, the function, when I say us, like I'm saying pra- uh, practitioners of uh, Persian yoga, the function is to be able to survive in battle. If it's works for battle if it works for war it will work for anything this is um, our uh, prerogative and these arts were developed and uh, designed and tested out through time for the warriors to condition themselves condition their bodies to be able to survive uh, in kind of like a battle situation where there's not only a demand on a specific skill set or let's say your speed or agility or strength but all of it all of it needs to be honed all of it needs to be fine tuned mm-hmm. and i mean uh, uh, now i'm talking about thousand years ago or thousands of years ago but it's relevant even in uh, today's context because um, uh, you said like uh, earlier uh, before we started the conversation that uh, you've been into and you are into wrestling i mean this is the conditioning strength conditioning system of the current olympic and world champion wrestlers and they're iranian and they practice these arts you know as a mm-hmm. as their physical conditioning as part of their physical conditioning system you know mm-hmm. so it is relevant even today like the a battlefield being that wrestling match you know uh, so i hope this kind of like gives you a uh, context into uh, my love for this and also why i believe it's like very re- relevant uh, today because uh, you mentioned the linearity and we talked about that but this concept of training is integrated it's circular in uh, motion it's circular in its philosophy that's so when you speak about it being circular in its philosophy, I'm reminded of something that I read when I was a, a very young man, which is that uh, man likes to work in straight lines. You know, he wants to go from point A to B, but God works in circles, right? And I've I've seen that in, it's very interesting. I've seen it in my own life, how, you know, I'll have a goal and I'll think that the way for me to get to the goal is to move from where I am to where the goal is in a straight, in the straightest line as possible. And if I just, take my hands off the wheel a little bit and let the universe or let God kind of direct it. I still go from point A to point B, but it happens in the most unusual, unexpected way, like in a very circular kind of way. Um, now I'm, I'm creating a, a bridge between uh, Persian yoga and philosophy, which may, may or may not exist, but I, I think it might, because you said something before we started the recording, which is a, uh, there's a quote you guys have from strength man attains truth and then there's a second part of it as well yes from weakness stems 
crookedness and lowliness. So for us, seeking this strength or cultivating and developing strength is a means to uh, attaining uh, self-actualization, self-realization and self-knowledge and uh, becoming uh, the great, our greatest mantra is like to become who you really are, to become who you are. You know, yeah. and uh, we see that as uh, cultivating uh, strength is the process uh, to to attain that. You know, and uh, th there is a very significant link between uh, uh, the physical practice and the spiritual practices, and we may want to discuss this in a little further depth because there are seven physical practices and there are also seven spiritual practices. What mm -hmm. I tend to focus on and kind of like promote in a uh, Western context is uh, the physical practices, you know, and uh, there are, we use tools, we have specific tools, the meal or the clubs being one of them, um, uh, but there are also seven, seven uh, spiritual practices. And it, it can't be whole without the other, because um, in our belief, you know, the uh, spirit and body are one. It is the uh, different end of the same spectrum expressing itself. You know, you have body being a gross spirit and spirit being subtle body, but it is you. That's what you are. You're both spirit and body. So um, neglecting the development of one for the uh, over the other makes you lopsided, makes you imbalanced. You know, okay. so um, a big part of this uh, practice is also the spiritual practices because um, you know these arts are practiced in temple. I mean, I'm talking about the traditional setting in the traditional context and setting. The practice in temples referred to as the zulkhane, meaning the house of strength. But it's really a dome-shaped temple with the octagonal pit in the center where uh, the athletes, they uh, uh, train interlinked, their bodies touching, you know, as they're doing the push-ups. And again, in, it's, in, it's done in a circular fashion, uh, both physically. But then at the same time, there are, uh, there's the uh, guru or the morshid, as we refer to him, uh, reciting spiritual poetry and beating a big war drum uh, that you are practicing to this beat, you know, and uh, that is to instill, uh, you know, generational ancestral knowledge and spiritual guidance and uh, philosophical mantras that we're repeating and we are, uh, you know, chanting as we are doing these practices. Wow, that's so cool. I'm reminded of, uh, I'm half Greek, so I've got a, an interest in Greek history and Greek philosophy, and there's a... Very rich. Yeah, very rich and, and similar as well to uh, when it comes to the, the training of young men. There was a place in ancient Greece in, in most cities called the Palaestra, which was like the house of learning where the men would go to learn wrestling and, you know, uh, philosophy and poetry and those types of things. And, um, you know, I don't have a martial arts and official headquarters of like my own gym that I own. But if I ever did, I would probably call it Palaestra. Um, because even now when I teach people martial arts, I'm trying to not just teach them the actual moves, the techniques, I'm trying to impart to them a, something a little bit deeper than that. And I, I, I really respect that, that you're on that same path. Can you tell me, Akashi, about the, the seven physical and seven spiritual disciplines? What are those? Yeah, sure. All right. Um, so 
we have to uh, give a little bit of context. Earlier, I mentioned that uh, these arts were uh, or are meant for uh, developing the skills and strengths to uh, for battle. And you know, you, you mentioned about your uh, Greek background and Persians and Greeks. They have very interesting and beautiful yeah. history together. You know, mm-hmm. like literally, we made history. You know, it's very beautiful. Uh, but um, you know, it's for those type of situations. You know, that they they, they uh, trained to be able to. Um, uh, you know, have the, that ancient style of battle. So our uh, practices are symbolic of an ancient style battle. And it starts off with uh, the sang or the shields. And you, you may have seen that on my uh, Insta or uh, website or something like that. Uh, but there are, it's like this big uh, square door shaped type of uh, uh, heavy wooden uh, shields basically that that we press and we use for this is our warm-up actually this is our first art and um, it symbolically represents the uh, shield formation which is the first stage of any battle which I'm sure you've seen in movies like a lot mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so and, and then it's like the second stage uh, of our practice or the second art being the uh, Shena board or the push-up board where we're doing um, kind of 360 degree mobility with push-ups integrated and agility-based exercises, um, which symbolically represents the stage of battle where uh, the two armies are kind of like uh, clashing into each other or that scrum you know, in the football mm-hmm. term, that they're doing this scrum and they're bashing it into each other, where you got to be able to push and shove and be pushed down and get up and move like in kind of like 360 degree configuration. And uh, which leads us to the third stage of our practice, which is the meal or the clubs, which obviously represents the handheld weapons that you're training for. I mean, um, I have read that in an ancient style battle, they would uh, swing their arms with a weapon like three to 4,000 times in a single uh, battle. I mean, wow. you have to have considerable, stamina. not just stamina, but uh, sh- shoulder girdle integrity. I mean, uh, tensile mm-hmm. strength, strength in the tissues to not like tear off your shoulder after like the first few um, dozen or hundred like uh, blows that you're going to deliver to literally your life depends on it. So wow. how that practice works though is that you know uh, in the zurkhane as a healthy adult male you're giving a um, six kilogram um, a pair of uh, meal or that's three kilograms each club and that's your starting point because uh, a handheld weapon like an axe or a mace would used to weigh between a kilo and a half to two to three kilos maximum, right? And um, you start with that and you work your way up into these like bigger weights of the meal. And it takes time because, and, and, it, and that's the beautiful thing about it. Like when you uh, are, for example, in a Western context, when you're doing the bench press, I mean, everyone's familiar with that, right? You're pressing the bench press, in a matter of weeks, you can add like five to 10 kilos uh, on the barbell, you know, but five to 10 kilos on, uh, additional on a meal will take years to get uh, to, uh, yeah, to add. Yeah. You know, but that's one thing a- uh, that blew my mind when I, when I bought many years ago, I bought some of these clubs because I, I had an instinct, not the meals, but the, the like um, club bells, you know, I had an instinct that it was a good training tool. And so I bought, I think it was a, a 15 kilo a couple of 15 kilo clubs and i mean i was a reasonably strong guy i worked out a lot and they arrived and 
I mean, there was nothing I could do with them. Literally, I didn't even have the strength to hold them like upright. And I, I, I kind of quit then because I was like, well, this is a waste of time. Um, and now years later, I understood I had to start with way, way lower weights. It's not like traditional weightlifting. You know, it's it, this thing is it's a very dynamic. It's a very dynamic resistance. And it's uh, it's it's moving through so many different planes that it, it requires a very different type of strength. Completely. You're absolutely right. And it's like that integrated type of strength that comes from the core into the grip. And then you have added the skill uh, set of moving it in this uh, multi-planar or multi-dimensional type of uh, patterns, you know, and you have a completely different beast. And again, uh, the club belt, I, I see it as a weight shaped like a club. It's not even a club. I mean, a club is what you see behind me. And it's uh, much larger. It's a completely different uh, material. It's uh, wood, not metal. And uh, wood is organic, like your muscle. It's fibrotic, fib fibrose, I mean. And, uh, you know, it's the balancing act required for, and the weight is so much further away from your hand, yeah? Because you're balancing these two uh, big clubs. And we never train with the single club you know it's always double clubs for that uh, effect on the uh, core for balancing yeah and it, again it's it's it, we hope you have the opportunity to try this you will see that it's again very very different you know a 15 kilogram clubs uh, or a 15 kilogram uh, meal will take decades to get to i mean uh, those those ones behind you how much are they the, the big ones behind you uh, they're 14 kilos a pair, which means seven kilos each, you know, and th that is, uh, may sound little to a Western ear because they're so used to uh, that linear motion and doing like, I don't know, 100 kilo bench press or something like that, that it sounds so little. But uh, this is not a beginner's weight, you know. Yeah. Uh, you can see on my YouTube channel or on my Instagram the Persian meal challenge, and I challenged uh, a really strong guy and, and uh, like black belt athletes, and martial artists, and um, you know, uh, very very accomplished athletes, and it, they really really struggle with that weight. You know, they really, I mean, they can't even do it, which is, um, which is to say not a reflection on that they're not strong, but it's not, they are inexperienced with this world of training, mm. you know, mm. so it's, um, it's, it's a very different beast, you know, and uh, then, um, uh, as I said to you, uh, going back to the conversation of the seven arcs is that mm -hmm. uh, this is the third stage of the battle then that you're using these handheld weapons and you're conditioning yourself for it you know so then um, uh, in a battle situation you can imagine that okay now you uh, you know beat up the enemy or something uh, or they beat you up so you're either running away or that you're running after them so this is now cardiovascular like um, type of high intensity interval training that we do in uh, art form that culminates in uh, whirling and that just to expand on that whirling i don't know if you're familiar with the whirling dervishes where they are spinning around in a form of uh, dynamic movement meditation and this is part of our practice in fact uh, our uh, whirling practices are more ancient than the, or older than the uh, whirling uh, dervishes which is only 800 years old where uh, the uh, the Sufi orders of Rumi and so on. They are they're about 800 years old, but this practice dates back to at least like uh, in textual sources. 
two and a half thousand years old. But we have wow. in our oral tradition, we um, think that based on the oral tradition, that this is somewhere between three to four thousand years old. So um, uh, I'm just trying to put a context again, not a judgment value here. We mm-hmm. are saying this is better or worse. Yeah. Um, so uh, that would be the fourth art where you're doing the uh, high intensity interval training for cardiovascular uh, stamina development, which culminates in the whirling as a um, uh, dynamic movement meditation. And then the fifth art is the uh, iron bow. Uh, I'm, um, I don't know if you've seen that perhaps, but if you again, you go uh, refer to my uh, Instagram, you see this like steel um, uh, bow that has a chain instead of a string, right? And it's quite heavy. And we use that for overhead range of motion and strength for, for the overhead. So you, we swing it from completely one side to the other uh, overhead. And uh, symbolically, this represents the stage of uh, the siege where you're trying to get into the enemy um, fortress and they're throwing things at you from the top and you want to protect the overhead range of motion and obviously like uh, neck and shoulders, upper body uh, strength. So those are the uh, five you know stages of uh, battle and these are the tools and the exercises that we use to develop them and they all culminate and are the preparedness or the warm-up for the sixth art which is wrestling and that's man-on-man combat yeah so our wrestlers will do this as a warm-up before they start wrestling you know yeah. And um, those five first arts that I mentioned to you, that, call, that constitutes the practice of Persian yoga. The sixth art, is, which is the martial combat, and that's the um, uh, wrestling component, uh, uh, you know, it's taught separately. You know, okay. it can be very careful. And uh, you mentioned that, you know, you did yoga, then you felt that you lacked the strength. I know a lot of martial artists, you know, that practice very technical martial arts, like Silat, for example, or Kung Fu or uh, Tai Chi even, you know, that, you know, it's very technical. You're spending a lot of time fine-tuning these techniques at the expense of your strength training, you know. So Mm -hmm. martial artists need a a strength conditioning system. I mean, in certain martial arts, certainly you can become very physically strong. But again, it's very specialized. You need something that is holistic and all-rounded that develops all your uh, physical attributes to be able to excel at your martial arts, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, what this uh, Persian yoga system is like really fantastic at or is developed for. So the seventh art then is let's say we're going back to that ancient style battle. Now you've entered into enemy camps, you've taken down each enemy one by one, you know, uh, so uh, you are winning the battle, so there's celebration. Or, uh, in, uh, of course, there can be lamentation as well because they lost all so many people. So uh, that is symbolically represented with the war drum. And that's the seventh art that you learn is to learn to use that war drum and do the recitations and um, uh, mantras that we use, uh, you know, as the practice. So to be master of your body, to be the master of your instrument in this art and practice, you need to master an external body and instrument of music and poetry. And that's how we balance the physical with the spiritual, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are the seven arts of uh, Wow, that is so unbelievably interesting to me. Just that idea that the seventh thing is poetry or musical instrument or 
you know, I had a boxing coach many years ago and he, he told me how one of the things he used to do to get ready for a fight is he would go out with his girlfriend, like dancing a few weeks before the fight, because that gave him a kind of rhythm that he couldn't get from the boxing training. And uh, I think it's a kind of similar, a similar thing, right? It's a similar understanding. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I love, I love that example because, you know, all our practices, as I said, is done to the drum beat. It's a form of a dance. It's like a very dance-like uh, um, uh, execution that you and, and rhythm. I mean, you're very, very um, uh, right on, you know, because rhythm and uh, is, I mean, uh, I used to be martial artist. I was never like a great, I can't make a claim that I was like a very great martial artist, but I love it, you know, I love it. And it's like, I do it for the love of it, you know. And uh, it's like, that skill, the rhythm, is what sets a good martial art apart from a great martial artist. I mean, Bruce Lee was a cha-cha champion. You know, Jackie Chan is like a, a Chinese ballet uh, master. And John claude Van Damme, like European ballet. And all these guys, they mastered dance and rhythm, you know? Mm -hmm. mm, that's so cool. So you mentioned that the, the goal of what, what you do is to become who you are. And I, I guess we can start winding everything up um kashi with with the question who have you become how has this changed you how has it changed your life since you since you went down this path like what well, in what ways what practical real ways is your life different yes yeah, sure i mean um it's a very big question for me because it's a uh, it's not a, i'm not the end product yet it's a process. I'm still in the process of uh, becoming, you know, it's a continuous process. This is mm -hmm. how I see it, you know, uh, but I can tell you where I'm at. And uh, before I say that it is, uh, I, I need to give a um, kind of like a small explanation about this uh, ideal or about this, um, what we call in Persian, which means the lion man. You know, he's the lion of a man. Like he's like this ultimate man. You know what I'm saying? This is the aspiration, and this is uh, when you attain that. You know, this is when you're referred to as a pahlavan, or the, as I mentioned earlier when we, before we started the chat, is this pahlavan is a title that is given to you. You you can't claim it. You can't call yourself a pahlavan. This is what others they see you. They see your development. They see the stage that you're at. This and in a collective mind they refer to you as the pahlavan because they say this guy has attained. You know, in the eye of the community. You know, in the eye of the brotherhood. And this shirmard or this lion man. You know, he has certain attributes. He has certain qualities. You know, and those qualities are that you know he's young at heart. He's ageless, you know, he's young at heart always. And he's compassionate, he's compassionate to his brothers and he's uh, meticulous with his word, you know, and uh, he is passion driven, you know. These are the qualities of uh, what we refer to, as, uh, which is our code of uh, chivalry. With, and interestingly enough, like if you uh, explore this concept, you will see that they are rooted back into the Pahlavani culture and have been um, uh, transplanted into the Western culture by a very ancient way of migration of the Iranian people and um, uh, uh, their subsequent uh, migration to the West and how their culture become adopted in the uh, Anglo-Saxon and the Western culture, which actually gave rise to uh, the ideas of the uh, knights of armor in armor uh, and 
the Knights of the Round Table and all these ideas are actually rooted back into uh, uh, this uh, culture and this philosophy. And uh, if you want to have like some uh, textual sources for that, I'm happy to provide that later. But uh, anyway, uh, what I'm trying to get at is that this code of chivalry, you know, we refer to it as Javon Mardi, which means to be the youthful man always to be that youthful man you know that 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 person that aspires for his dreams and um, uh, really works uh, uh, tirelessly to uh, materialize them you know and this is our ideal okay and this is what uh, our philosophy is geared towards and how i see myself in that role is that and how it has affected me certainly has changed my life i used to work as an electrical engineer i ha i gave that life up i am now fully invested into um, spreading and expanding Persian yoga. And I really feel that I have found my voice, you know, I found my calling and my purpose. I can't imagine myself doing anything else. This is what I want to do. And this is every day I'm happy to do it, you know, uh, and um, I, I, am, I, am, I'm, I'm, I feel like uh, it has helped me to do good, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, what, and more can you, what more can you ask for? Exactly, exactly. Like, so um, um, it has certainly changed my life. And, uh, you know, I feel uh, good physically. I feel I'm in a very good mental state and spiritual uh, state. And I'm continuously hungry and continuously uh, working on, uh, you know, um, fine tuning that. Because uh, since 2007, and it's like, what is it now, 15 years or something, I've been doing this art, I'm still learning. And that's one of the beautiful things about it. Like, how many ways of lifting a dumbbell can you learn you know what i mean but yeah. in this art there is a continuous progress and uh development and that's rich and i love it. yeah what what a what a glowing uh advertisement for for what you do so you know if someone like myself is wanting to to get started with with persian yoga my main concern is getting those those meal uh here in the united states you know i would have started you months ago weeks ago when i first found your instagram channel but um i think that's it's quite prohibitively expensive to have them shipped over here right or what would you suggest to someone who's not not in a place where those are easy to find uh how would they start yeah, their, their training uh all right thank you for that question i i do uh actually um shift these worldwide and i make a point that you know this is a cultural uh, uh this is a physical culture you know this is an artifact of a, a very ancient culture that i'm trying to spread but i'm also trying to preserve you know uh there are people that um, are making this overseas and calling it persian meal and i'm very against that you know because it's like appropriating a culture and trying to uh monetize it and uh, profiteer from it without giving anything back to the original community this art has been around for thousands of years it's not going to disappear it's going to be um, be around but i do believe that a, a big part of that attainment or that um you know path towards that becoming that lion man is to stay true and honest and, and maintain your integrity and give back to the community where it comes from you know so mm -hmm. um, i have made this available they are made in iran as they should be and uh, they're um, authentic and genuine um, uh, and i ship them uh, all around the world but having said that it is a requirement that you do need a pair of clubs i mean you can start with the shena board and a push-up board 
Um, and I've made available uh, resources on my website, how to make that yourself, you know, okay. as well as how to make the clubs yourself, you know, as long as you're not making it for, uh, you know, at, at a commercial uh, level, you're free to do whatever you want. You know, you can build these yourself, you know. Uh, but yeah, so there, I've made a few options available there. But, uh, you know, this is a tool-based system. So you do require the tools. Like you're going to go uh, mountain climbing, you're going to need that uh, those tools to be yeah. able to do that. You know what that I'm saying? Sense. So um, uh, this is kind of like my, uh, my view on it, you know. Uh, stay true, stay honorable, stay honest. And give back. This is the biggest thing that you can do. Things will come around, you know. Um, the more you give, the more it comes. This is my experience. Yeah, that's I, I've seen that as well. The more you give, the more it comes. Absolutely. I've heard it said the the other and a different way, which I was actually reflecting on today, which is the size of the hole that you give through is the same size as, as of the hole that you receive through. So if you only give a little bit, then only a little bit can come back. So um, my man, I I really appreciate you, Kashi. That was very illuminating conversation and if um people watching or listening want to find out more about about you and the work you do with persian yoga where's the best place for them to go instagram at persian yoga or my website persianyoga.com and i'm always available like as i said to you this is my purpose i i can talk about this from the morning i wake up until i go to sleep this is like <laughs> awesome. uh, what i love to do wonderful my brother. it's well, really like a pleasure to speak to you thank you so much yeah. I knew that was going to be a good one and it didn't disappoint. You know, when you've been working out your whole life, and I wouldn't say I've been working out my whole life, but since I was very young, uh, probably started working out at 12 or 13, and get, got progressively more into it as I as I grew up and became an adult. Uh, so I'm at the point now where, where working out is just a way of life for me. It's not even a question of whether I'm going to work out or train. It's, it's just, it's part of me now. And I've struggled with a couple of things. The first is boredom. I've become quite bored of my traditional, or the traditional bodybuilding paradigm, which is sets and reps, right? You do selection of exercises, you do a number of sets per exercise and a number of reps per set. And obviously there's differences within that. You can do different types of sets or different rest periods and things like that. But Generally, I've become, I've become kind of bored with that. I still do it because I have the discipline to do it and I, I force myself to do it because I know it does get results. But I am always seeking different ways to work out. I'm also seeking different types of exercises because as I said in the show, I find the tra traditional barbell and dumbbell workouts or based workouts are quite linear. Not only linear in the way that the workout progresses, but also linear in the movement patterns. And I'm noticing now, after years of working out like that, that my body is craving different movement patterns. And I don't want to be one of those guys you see who they've been working out for 20 or 30 years and they, they, they look like Robocop. Like their, their entire, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, their entire sh shoulder girdle is just this one locked solid unit. So when they turn to the right, they can't just like turn their head. <laughs> their whole body has to like turn, right? Because they're, they've, become muscle bound there's no other way to put it um and so things like these the persian clubs and persian yoga are fascinating to me because i've seen with kettlebells specifically i've used kettlebells and clubs to a lesser degree and i've seen how they create a very different kind of strength a much more functional strength that applies more directly to not only sports but life as well
and so I think there's a lot of value in what Kashi said. I'm ordering some of those meal Persian clubs. Probably will have ordered them by the time you guys hear this. And I'm very excited to, to work out with them. And I guess the takeaway from this is just to always be growing and evolving and progressing in your, well, in everything in life, but specifically when it comes to this conversation for working out, right? Like you don't want to be doing the same workout in five years that you're doing today because it's just your, your body needs to, it needs like different stimuli so that it can grow and adapt. And uh, it's the same in life, right? That's why I'm pushing people to join this heroic entrepreneur group because a lot of you guys, the truth is you've been working the same job for a long time and you've stopped growing. You've been doing the same thing for, the, for a long time and you've started to stagnate. And I've been there. It's just not a good way to live. There's an expression I'm fond of, which is a lot of people say they've got 20 years of experience, but they actually only have one year of experience that they've re repeated 20 times. And when I heard that, it shocked the shit out of me because I realized I was uh, guilty of that. Maybe not 20 years repeated, but I definitely had like, there were periods where I've had like three or four years repeated. Um, and so, yeah, man, if, if that's where, if you hear this and instinctively, you know, you know what I'm, if I'm talking to you or not, you know who you are. Come and join the Heroic Entrepreneur Facebook group. There's a lot of strategies and stuff in there that'll help you get out of that rut and become happier, healthier, more passionate and make more money. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. I will chat to you again in a week. Until next time, remember, we're all alone in this together.